metaphors when we want to describe people. If uh, somebody's life has completely gone off the rails and if we're feeling a little bit unkind, we might say that that person's life is a train wreck. See, we use a word picture, a metaphor to describe what's going on. Or if somebody is particularly tall and slender, we might say that that person is a tall drink of water or maybe even a bean pole. Or if uh, somebody is kind of indelicate and they hurt people's feelings a lot, well, we might say that that person is a bull in the china shop. You see, these are not literal descriptions, obviously. They're word pictures. They're metaphors to describe a person. Well, this is what the prophet Isaiah has given us. He says that they may be called oaks of righteousness, a metaphor. It's a word picture. He's trying to paint us a picture to try to understand the character of a person, that they might be called oaks of righteousness. We are now two weeks into our sermon series on trees in the Bible. And last week, Pastor Chuck launched us by describing the first tree that's mentioned in the Bible, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he described for us the anatomy of temptation and how the impact of that tree at the beginning is still playing out in our lives today. And he also showed how that tree sets up the need for a later tree that would come in Scripture, the most important tree in all of the Bible, the cross upon which Jesus died. But there are many other trees in the Bible, and tonight we're going to look at this one from Isaiah chapter 61, Oaks of righteousness, a metaphor to tell us about the character of a person. But what is an oak of righteousness? How can you spot one? And how can you become one? We're going to use those three questions as our framework tonight as we look at this text together. What is an oak of righteousness? How can you spot one? And I think most importantly for us, how do you become an oak of righteousness? Let's look at that first question together. What is an oak of righteousness? An oak of righteousness is a person whose strength is found in God alone. An oak of righteousness is a person whose strength is in God alone. Let's just look at the word picture a little bit together. An oak. What is an oak tree? Well, in the ancient Middle East where the Bible was written, oak trees were actually quite rare. If you've traveled to Israel, even now, you know that there's lots of olive trees, and olive trees are kind of, um, they're pretty short, and they're kind of gnarly, and they don't get above about 15 feet. They're everywhere in Israel. There's also another kind of tree that's very common, especially out in the desert. It's called the acacia tree, and this is really a glorified bush. I don't know why it's called a tree. It's just basically a bush. But an oak tree in Israel and the surrounding areas was quite rare. So that's the first thing we notice about this metaphor from Isaiah. An oak tree is, is rare. It's uncommon. But as you know, because there's more oak trees here than there were in Israel, the oak wood is some of the hardest of all the woods. An oak tree is quite strong. A person that I talked to this morning used to build sailboats. And he said that that main beam down the center of any sailboat has got to be made out of wood in order for the boat to be strong enough to bat against the waves. An oak tree is strong. It's also quite tall, and it's straight, and it has a huge canopy. 
Can you begin to picture what the prophet Isaiah wants us to see when we think of an oak of righteousness? It's a rare kind of tree. It's strong. It's tall. What about righteousness? That word righteousness, what does that mean? Well, to be righteous, to have righteousness is actually, what it means is to have right standing with God. There's nothing between you and God if you are righteous. In another way of thinking about righteousness, righteousness can be considered true obedience to God's law. You see, many of us will be willing to follow God's law if we think we can get something out of it, or others of us want to follow God's law maybe begrudgingly or because we feel obligated, but true obedience, a pure-hearted obedience to God is righteousness. And the Bible tells us that righteousness is required for us to have right standing with God. So an oak of righteousness is somebody whose strength comes from God alone. Let's look at the second half of verse 3 here, Scott, if you can put that up. Just that small portion of verse 3. It says this, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. And look at the very next thing that it says. The first distinguishing characteristic of an oak of righteousness is this, the planting of the Lord. An oak of righteousness is a person whose strength is in God alone, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. It's God who plants and establishes a person who would be called an oak of righteousness. When we consider who planted it, it draws our attention to the one who planted more than to the plant itself. A friend of mine named Bev she occasionally invites my wife and I over to a garden party at her house. And uh, we just hang out with some people. And I remember the first time I went there was a couple of years ago. I know Bev a little bit and um, got to know her a lot more that night because I remember coming to her house, walking in the front door and going right out the back door, out onto this patio where there was this vast, beautiful garden with all kinds of different flowers. And I was really impressed and I was looking out at all those flowers, and I turned to Bev at some point, and I said, Bev, you must have had a lot of help in uh, planting all these flowers. She drew in really close, and she said, no, 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 I planted every single one of these flowers myself. And I turned and looked at the garden in a new way, because then I pictured Bev herself, down there on her hands and knees, getting her fingers dirty in the soil, planting every single flower that I was looking at. Suddenly, they became the plantings of Bev, much more than just a beautiful garden. In the same way, an oak of righteousness is the planting of the Lord. His or her strength is in God alone. When you look at an oak of righteousness, your attention is drawn to the one who established him or her, more so than even the plant itself. Now, you might be thinking, well, isn't everyone planted by God? Doesn't God make every human being? Aren't we all made in his image? Couldn't we say this about anybody? He or she is a planting of the Lord? Not really, because the scripture shows us that that oak of righteousness really is a unique person. It's a rare person in the world. There's another scripture that I think serves as a corollary to this one. It's Psalm chapter 1, and it paints the picture a little bit more Paints a little bit more color in the picture for us. Psalm chapter 1 goes like this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked 
or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season, bearing um, its leaf does not wither, and all that he or she does prospers. You see that stream of water beneath the oak of righteousness? An oak of righteousness is a person who is planted by the Lord. His or her strength comes from God alone because the person drinks from the stream of God. Oh, there are many streams out there in the world. There are many places we can get our nourishment. But there's only one who is God alone who gives us the strength to become an oak of righteousness. That leads us to our second question. How can you spot an oak of righteousness? Well, an oak of righteousness is a person who gives glory to God and gives help to people. That's the fruit that an oak of righteousness bears. You can always tell the type of tree by the fruit that it bears. I take my children sometimes in the fall apple picking, and there's also peach trees on the same property. And I remember when my children were very little, I taught them, you know, the difference between a peach tree and an apple tree. This is quite simple. Which one is a peach tree? Which one is an apple tree? Well, you can tell by the fruit. Same thing with an oak of righteousness. And this oak of righteousness, whose strength is in God, bears two kinds of fruit. Glory to God and help to people. Is there anybody in your life who bears those two kinds of fruit? Glory to God and help to people. I can think of many oaks of righteousness in my life. People whose strength is in God alone. People who bear these two kinds of fruit. I could tell you all about my mom who's always bringing glory to God, always giving help to people. You know, there's another description of that second fruit, the help to people. It comes from Isaiah 58, and it says that they would be repairers of the breach. And uh, let's look at the, at actually in verse, um, verse 4, right after what we were just looking at, Scott. You see what it says here? That they shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. It says an oak, that they would be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified, but then that there would be repair to that which is broken. I could tell you all about my mom. She spends her whole day just bringing repair to the brokenness in the lives of the people around her. She finally retired last year, and we couldn't believe she retired, but then she immediately took a volunteer job working in mediation with couples before they would ever go to court. She's, she can't help herself but bring repair to the breach, the breaches that are around her. If you ever ask her about it, she gives glory to God. You see, the two fruit of a oak of righteousness is that they bring glory to God and help to people. They raise up the former devastations. They repair the breach. They repair that which is broken. I was thinking about oaks of righteousness this week, people who bear these two kinds of fruit, and I thought of one person actually who's right here in our midst tonight, 
and I want to point them out to you. Uh, James McArdle, who sits right over here. James owns a flower shop in Greenwich. And he is somebody who brings glory to God and who brings help to people. You know, as an employer, James employs many people. You know, he gets lots of job applications and he gives people tasks and management. But James has proven over the years that he's willing to hire people who are in the middle of what you might call broken situations, broken lives, people at the end of their rope, people that other companies might call unemployable. But James gives them a chance. And I was talking with him about this this week, and he said, you know, Nathan, in some cases, that doesn't work out so well for us. But in other cases, he gets to watch people, you use the word flourish, give them a job, give them dignity, give them a task, and they can begin to flourish. You see, it's very simple. He's just using his own small sphere of influence, a small business, to become a repairer of the breach, who can raise up former devastations, who can bring glory to God and help the people. He brings glory to God. I was talking with him right before the service, and he was insisting. He said, make sure, if you use me as an example, make sure they know I don't always get it right, and it's only by God's grace. (laughs) See, he's bearing the first fruit. He brings glory to God and help to people. I wanted to tell you about James because it's not some far-off, fantastical, impossible example. Any of us can use our simple sphere of influence to bring glory to God and to bring help to people. I learned something about James a few years ago. He and I sat on this panel together. It was like a preschool mom's type thing, and we were talking about fatherhood. Do you remember that? And James walked in to the little prayer meeting beforehand, and he had his Bible under his arm. And I was really impressed because it was one of those great big, thick study Bibles. And it wasn't fresh off the bookshelf. It was well-worn. If I remember correctly, it had duct tape holding the binding, and all the pages were well-worn with Post-it notes sticking out. This is a man who studies his Bible, who's deep in the Word. And that leads us to my third question for us tonight. How do you become an oak of righteousness? An oak of righteousness is a person whose strength is in God alone, who bears two kinds of fruit, glory to God and help to people. But probably the most important question we can ask for us tonight is how can we become an oak of righteousness? How can we make oaks of righteousness less rare in our community? Well, James's Bible paints us a picture of how we might do that. An oak of righteousness is a person whose roots are planted deeply in the saving work of Jesus Christ, explained in this book. That's how we become an oak of righteousness. We dig our roots a bit deeper towards that stream, the stream of the saving work of Jesus Christ, the love that flowed through the cross is the only stream when poured into our lives can bear the kind of fruit that we would be identified as an oak of righteousness. Let's look at the first three verses again together, Scott, to see how these roots are in the saving work of Jesus Christ. Here's what it says. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, 
to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they might be called oaks of righteousness. You see, the roots of our lives have to be planted deeply in the saving work of Jesus Christ. These verses that I just read are a description of the saving work of Jesus Christ. I can say that boldly because he himself said that. In Luke chapter 4, we have this recording of Jesus' first public declaration, his first sermon. He's at the synagogue in Nazareth, and those verses are read from the Isaiah scroll. And some of you know the New Testament. You know what he says. They're read. He sits down, and he says, today... This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, all of those verses are about me, Jesus says. I am good news to the poor. I am recovery of sight to the blind. I am freedom to the captives. I will bring those who are in ashes out of the ashes and give them a beautiful headdress. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he made good on that declaration about himself. He's good news for the poor because he paid our debt, the debt of sin. He's recovery of sight to those who are blind because he lifts the veil from before our eyes that we might behold him face to face. He binds up those who are brokenhearted. By his wounds, we are healed. He sets us free, those who are captive to sin. By dying in our place, he set us free. You see how he fulfilled all of these things? that were written about him, those of us who are in ashes and mourning, he brings us from that place of death to life. He rose again from the dead after dying in our place. If we are to become oaks of righteousness, we need to plant our roots deeply down into the word where we learn about Jesus, where we learn about his saving work. You know, one of the things about oak trees is they're unique in the sense that they have something called a tap root. Anybody a botanist here who knows about this? A tap root is a root that goes straight down, way deep down into the earth. It's one of the reasons in a big storm, the oak trees are some of the last to fall over. It's not just because they're such hard wood, but because they're so deeply rooted. How deep are your roots? And what stream are you drinking from? Are you drinking from any other stream besides the saving work of Jesus Christ? If so, you will bear the fruit of those other streams. And they're not glory to God and help to people. Now, it's possible you're sitting there thinking, well, this sounds great for James McArdle or for Nathan's mom. I could never be an oak of righteousness. But go back to verse 3, Scott. I want to point out something really important for us all to consider. You see what it says here? Um, Look at that first line. To grant to those who mourn. Those who mourn. Those who are in ashes. Those who are poor. Those who are captive. Those who are blind. Those who are brokenhearted. Those are the people that God wants to make into oaks of righteousness. Are you one who mourns? Are you one who is captive in one way or another, who feels blind, who feels brokenhearted or poor or living in the ashes of disappointment or grief or anger? 
guess what? You are the one God is choosing to pull out of that place to give you strong roots, that your life would be planted firmly in his strength, that you would bear the fruit of bringing him glory and help to the people around you. It's you, it's all of us that he wants to make into a forest of oak trees. Wouldn't you love to be someone who's referred to as an oak of righteousness? It's a little better than train wreck or bull in the china shop. An oak of righteousness. Those of you who are raising children, wouldn't you love somebody to pull you aside one day and said, your kid is like an oak of righteousness. Do you want that for yourself? Do you want that for your kids? Do you want that for this church and for this community? Well, there's one way to get there. Dig deeply with your roots into the word, into the saving work of Jesus Christ. When we do that together as a community, Imagine the glory that God will get and all the help that will come to those who are broken and those who are in need. An oak of righteousness is a person whose strength is found in God alone, who brings glory to God and help to people. An oak of righteousness is somebody whose roots are planted firmly in the saving work of Jesus Christ. Amen.